Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. If you want to listen live in the central Indiana area, you can hear us on 93.5 FM and 107.5 FM. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, the chicken. Double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. One of the highlights of every Bud Light Blue Friday during the cold season, we have done this for a number of years, would be here at Taylor's Pub. We are in Nora. We're off of Westfield Boulevard, and we are just getting started. In fact, Sienna just came over and said we have not one but two pair of Chiefs-Colts tickets to give away. If you saw the act last night, uh, the Chiefs, not only did they look good in coming from behind and winning that game, and I'm sure we'll talk about how much that I did get to see it last night considering it was on Amazon Prime, that coming up, but not only did they look really good in coming from behind and winning that game, but now you've got some extra time in preparation for the Colts and the Colts opener coming up a week from Sunday. So there is going to be a lot going on, to say the least, regarding that. Now, the, the tickets were given away for a little bit later on. You got to get here, you sign up, and we'll move forward, right? But we have a bunch to talk to and about today. The people we talked to, bottom of the hour, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, yet another Friday night, I believe, Am I right about this, Kyle? Is it week five of the high school football season? I feel like I ask you this every week. Am yeah, I, I think week it's week behind? five. I think it is week five as well. Week five of the high school football season. That and the visit from Bob Lovell always brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Car X locations with one around here near you. Bob's going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. So we got that coming up for you. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio is going to join us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. John Price is going to be here as well. And I have a great deal to talk about inside the lounge via YouTube Live. The camera is up and running. Thank you very much on this Friday for taking part wherever you are. If you're watching, participating, and listening via YouTube Live, thank you very much for that. If you're on the Facebook Live channel, that's fantastic. Good to see you, brother. Thanks for coming out. We'll talk to Don Fisher about Indiana football in just a bit, in fact. There you go. Um, also, the stream, the app, you got HD Radio, and then 93.5 and 107.5, uh, the fan as well. But thank you for, in hopefully, enjoying this conversation we're going to have today. Now, the injury report is probably something that was released by the Colts a little bit earlier today that you're not at all enjoying. So let's start right here. Um, and we thought this would probably be the case. Alec Pierce, the rookie wide receiver, is not been released from 
concussion protocol yet, so he is not going to participate in Jacksonville coming up on Sunday. So no Alec Pierce at wide receiver. And we know that Shaquille Leonard also is not ready to return. So no Shaquille Leonard at linebacker coming up on Sunday down in Jacksonville. So those two are out. And here are the question marks. And, and here's what transpired today. Rarely do you ever see this, but the Colts decided against a regular preparation type of practice today, went through a walkthrough, and the reason being, you double back to Wednesday and then again yesterday. Wednesday, full pads. From what everybody tells me, it was it was uh, pretty... I don't want to say hot and heavy. That's a good Seinfeld line right there. That probably grosses everybody out. Very physical. Let's just say it was very physical on Wednesday. And they came back yesterday and then went through it, as I've been told, pretty hard in a shell. And then today, obviously, that was decided early in the week. Uh, it was decided to go the direction that they did and go through a walkthrough. Now, going back on Wednesday, evidently, Michael Pittman Jr., and Kenny Moore came up injured in that particular practice. Now, they say that there's no correlation between that uh, and both of those players being questionable coming up on Sunday, which is a big deal. No correlation is what they say, but we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on as far as uh, it's not something that they're trying to adjust. I think somebody had mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, just trying to do something different. The only thing you need to do differently is play like you did in the fourth quarter more than you did in just the fourth quarter. That's what you need to do differently. We've sat here and we've talked about the past going all the way back to 2014 regarding this matchup in Jacksonville. And I do think that you should carry that thing on your shoulder. You should think about it. And we'll get to more of that coming up in just a minute. I do think, much like Jonathan Taylor... That that stays in your mind, whereas Shaquille Leonard yesterday suggested, well, it shouldn't. It's like an ex-girlfriend. It shouldn't. But I think it should. I'll give you a reason why it should coming up in a minute. But no correlation, evidently, between the physicality of the Wednesday practice and the guys that came up injured in the injury practice that are integral for this team and its possibility of success being questionable, and especially when you look at Michael Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr., for example, questionable. People tell me that you should see him out there, but questionable as it stands right now. What's interesting about that is we're already wondering where they're going to go. We're expecting Desmond Patman to be active coming up on Sunday. But we're kind of back to square one, aren't we, regarding this a little bit. Seems like we're always back to square one regarding this, aren't we, just a little bit, regarding wide receiver. And it didn't take very long. I mean, it did not take very long at all, which is incredibly unfortunate. Not a minute, unfortunately, did it take. And then we're just kind of back to where we've been yeah, as far as the wide receiver position is concerned and uh, moving forward from that. But I mentioned yesterday this, where Shaquille Leonard came out yesterday and was kind of giving you the player speak, 
the player speak is, hey, we're just looking ahead to the next game. We're not thinking about what happened years ago. We're not thinking about what happened whatever. Days ago, uh, we're not thinking about Jacksonville like you guys think about Jacksonville. And I had mentioned, I think it's okay if you did. In fact, there is the change. All right, changing up practice, changing up training camp, changing up all this stuff, that's fantastic. But there's where you should change. You should change to me, and it's okay if you want to say, man, we got house back in January. It was embarrassing. They were laughing. They were joking. We haven't won there as a team, even if you hadn't been a part of it. Since 2014, it's time to be focused and go down there and win. And then you just factor in exactly where this team is right now. At 0-0 and 1. I think it's okay to have a sense of urgency. Now, listen, I'm not suggesting he doesn't have it or they don't have it. Probably do. Maybe he just did not want to share that with the local folks that cover him. That's great. I think it's okay to wear that thing on your sleeve. The thing about Shaquille Leonard is he wears everything else on his sleeve. He retweets everything that's said about him, especially negatively. Yeah, why not this? I would have to think that that was the worst game in his Colts career so far. I would think that a lot of Colts fans would love to hear from all these guys, and I mean all of them, about how much this game does matter. And not just give us the same old line of, hey, it's just another game, it's a long season, blah, blah, all that other stuff. I think we all understand how big this thing is. And we'll get to how big this is going to be for Frank Wright coming up in just a moment. But I'll give you a great example. You go back to last week in preparation for the Colts. Lovey Smith made sure that every single stop in the Texans complex, that group was reminded of what the Colts did to them twice in 2021. They couldn't go to the bathroom without being reminded of it. It was in the workout facility. He reminded them constantly in meetings. It was in the cafeteria. You couldn't even go have lunch without being reminded about what in the hell happened against the Colts a year ago. Hey, granted, I know it was a tie, and who cares? If you're going to not care really on one end, don't care on the other. But I'm just here to tell you what type of motivation that you can utilize, and there's nothing wrong with showing that something bent you out of shape back in January, for example, like this Colts team. I think that's a great ploy. These guys, to a man, often will tell you that, you know, where I got drafted, I saw guys that I thought I was better than to go ahead of me. That motivated me. These guys are world-class athletes. Being a world-class athlete does not come without incredible levels of motivation. And trying to find that motivation wherever you are and whatever you're doing, that's something special, I would think right, about still being able to play a game that kids play, trying to find that motivation. Greg and Carmel sent me a text yesterday, and he said, you know what, this Colts team kind of reminds me of Rocky Three. 
to the Cubs reminds me of Rocky Three from the standpoint of, you know, Rocky in, in Rocky Two ends up beating Apollo Creed, and then all the millions and the riches and all the perks fall upon Rocky. And without, I guess, a better example here, it gets fat and sassy. And Mickey, his manager, knew it, right? So Mickey, what did he do? He started setting up fights for Rocky against tomato cans. Against guys that he could easily beat. That were no issue whatsoever. What did Mickey know deep down inside? Mickey knew that Rocky and Rocky Three couldn't beat Clubber Lang until he changed his mindset. Hired Apollo Creed. They got together, trained together. New mindset. New focus, fictionally speaking. But I think it also does play to what we're talking about here. These guys to be that level of great athletic, just getting there is great in itself. But to be at that level, somewhere along the way, I will guarantee you 100% of these guys had to use some sort of motivation to get fired up. You make your millions, you're a part of the team, you're a professional, and you get all the perks that come with it. you got to still find something. This game gives you the opportunity to find something. That's right, Shaquille Leonard's been a guy that constantly gets motivated. I mean, he could have some random dude from Shelbyville tweet at him or tweet about him, and he'll find it and become motivated about it. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that for a week two game. In fact, I think it's necessary. I think it'd be great. I wanted to see these guys, and maybe behind closed doors they are, but I kind of wanted to see them more publicly outspoken about how embarrassed and at what cost the worst team in the NFL dealt the Colts in that final regular season game in January of a year ago. I think that'd be great. I think fans would be down with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's what Lovey Smith did. Just remind these guys just how much they got dominated by the Colts last year. I don't know if that was the reason why. To me, it was more the Colts stunk than anything else. There's nothing wrong. These guys are always trying to find motivation. I think at this point in time, not only is that a value, but I think that's also a value when you're trying to make everybody believe that you're actually a player, that you're actually a good team, that you're not a tying team with a Texan squad. You watch, you watch Houston get absolutely blown out of the water at Denver coming up this weekend. You watch... The other aspect of this that, to me, should be a standard is the fact that you cannot dismiss where your head coach might be if you go down there and keep that trend alive and lose in Jacksonville. I know it's been, since our good friend Rick Venturi, it's been a long time, unless you want to go ahead and factor in Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator as far as in-season stuff is concerned. But as you get reminded regarding Rick Venturi years ago, sometimes there is a breaking point. Sometimes there is. You know, I have stated this. I think FUBAR starts if you go 0-3-1. I think that's when the wheels fall off, and that's when the owner decides to go ahead and do something. 
do something that he has never done outside of an offensive coordinator, do something that his dad would have done. Maybe not, though. Don't really know. You start out 0-1-1 against a couple of teams that are probably going to end up with four, at best, maybe five wins on the season. If you look similar to how you looked, and, and again, you go back to the Jacksonville game here a year ago. Back in the fall, it didn't look that much better, did it? I mean, did it not take a big defensive play? Couldn't remember. Was it who was it that made the big defensive play a year ago on Trevor Lawrence? Can't remember who that was. I know it was, it was Grover Stewart, certainly um, against Houston, that really allowed them to have a tie in that game, big play wise. But when you think about it, it wasn't that great when they were here. But I think you have to think about your coach as well. I mean, your coach. You're at some point, at some point with the fan base and at some point with others, there's no more directions for those fingers to point. I mean, you've done that to the kicker. You know, I mentioned earlier this week, I think clearly the players need that. Which would, I guess, bring me to this. Honestly, they've been in a divisional round game in Kansas City when Andrew Luck was the quarterback and Frank Reich was the head coach. You know, they've been there and they lost. You know, they won in Houston on the road the week prior in the postseason. So I get it. I mean, postseason games are certainly bigger and would be described as bigger for the head coach. But let's think about this logically just for a moment. And this may be a Connecticut water question of the day. Can we make the argument? A legitimate argument, considering that you got Kansas City in the home opener, they're going to have a long time off coming off a win. That's scary enough. And then because, for example, Tennessee's got Buffalo and Buffalo this weekend. In week number two, you're going to have Tennessee. You may have a desperate Titans team coming up in week number four. Might you describe this game in Jacksonville on Sunday, because of all of what I just explained, because of the losing streak, because of the way that it ended a year ago, because of the way that it started again last week, because of the tie, because of the expectation, certainly with two road games against two bad teams within your own division, and the promise to get off to a better start and changing everything around, changing your training camp around. Could we argue that this is the biggest game for Frank Reich as a head coach here? Will you make that argument? And, again, I understand he's, he's coached in, in playoff games, and that's different. I don't think I'm being hyperbolic about this at all. I think this is absolute. If not, let's come up with some games that certainly would be more meaningful. I'm not just talking about like last year. I mean, he wasn't going anywhere last year. I know you could have said that if you wanted to before the Raider game, but it wouldn't make a lot of sense. You could have said that if you wanted to before the, the Jaguars game. may have made a little bit more sense, but it still wouldn't have made any sense. We, we knew that he wasn't going to go anywhere. But now you go 0-1-1 with two bad teams within your own division on the road and the prospect of Kansas City and Tennessee to follow. You make the argument that this is the biggest game? 
I'm not saying it's absolute, but you can certainly talk about it, right? You can make that argument. We'll hit that for you at 239-1070. On Twitter at JMV1070, we're inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I will log on in just a second and see what you guys are talking about as well. Listen, I don't think this is not stirring it up. Um, This is not me walking through knee-deep hyperbole. This is not me making more about a week two game than it actually is. I think this is for real. You think about some of the angles in which I just discussed, I presented for you, and you try to tell me that it doesn't have at least discussionary this much meaning or that it shouldn't. Oh, it's just another game. We've seen what they've done in the past. They're working their way back. That's not how this was supposed to be. Seahawks and Rams a year ago. All right, well, that's difficult. Texans and Jaguars within your own division that basically you have to win to make the postseason in a bad division? We have two unbeatens and no teams with a win so far within that division. The two unbeatens have tied. Make that argument. I have. I also make that argument for, hey, you know what? Maybe now's the time. If you have that level of care in a game, use that motivation a little bit. Yeah, show the folks out there that that's how much you care about it. Don't be cool. You don't need to be cool. Everybody knows you're already cool. You're much cooler than all of us. You're mad about something. I like Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor says absolutely. Jonathan Taylor told us before the start of the season how much that weared on him, how long that stayed with him in the offseason. Everybody ought to be on the same path here. Uh, we can hit that at 239-1070. We're live at Taylor's Pub 2. We're in Nora off of Westfield Boulevard. I've got two pair of Chiefs Colts tickets to give away courtesy of Bud Light. I've got the ice cold Bud Light in front of me right now. I thank you for joining us today. we got a lot coming at you. Bottom of the hour, Bob Lovell, week five of the high school football season coming up. We also have Mike Wells in the 4 o'clock hour. Clayton Anderson, the country music artist, will join me coming up at 430 as well. Don Fisher. The legendary voice of the Hoosiers at five. John Price is going to tell us what we should latch on to, and we got a lot more for you. Kyle, did you want to ask me exactly how I handled last night Amazon Prime? Did you have to sign up for Prime, or did you already have it? Um, yeah, it took me uh, forever. <laughs> it took me forever. So how far? Into, how much of the game did you miss? Uh, basically the first half. But I didn't get home. Laney had a practice last night that, and I had to pick her up from. So I didn't really get home. So, but yeah, it it took me a while. Um, did you have any blips? Anything go down? It never paused for me. For the quality at times kind of dipped for maybe you know five ten seconds, and then it was back to normal. So I didn't have as many issues as it seems like a lot of people were having on Twitter. Oh really? Nothing at all, huh? Not really. No. Yeah, I thought I thought it was weird. I don't know if I'm going to hang with this or not, but I thought it was weird because we're also accustomed, and even if there's not another game on, just to go, especially if it's an out-of-market team, right, to go to another channel to see what's on. You know, back in the day, I used to go to Skinamax, right? You go to Skinamax, all right, so wait a minute. There's an Emmanuel film on. Let me go see where they are in it. 
You know what I mean? Or, hey, there's one of my favorite films that I like. Yeah, during this time out, let's go see at what point in the film they are. Tough to do that, right? Because once you leave that, it's, I guess it would be an advertiser's. Much like this show, it's an advertiser's dream. Is it not? Because nobody's leaving. You think Everybody's going to be locked in. You wonder if Amazon is charging their advertisers a premium because of that. I mean, no, who's, nobody's going to be turning off Amazon. Then you've got to go back to it. It takes too long rather than just flipping channels. An advertiser's dream for real is exactly what that is. Yeah, you make no mistake about it. Incredibly impressive. Did you like the uh, the product overall last night too? Did I thought like it looked really good. Yeah, the cameras kind of reminded me of. I haven't watched too much of uh, Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV, but it kind of reminded me of that really high quality look that uh, I think looks nice. I got to agree with you on that. All right, buddy. We'll take a break. Come back. Bob Lovell brought to you by CarX is going to join us regarding week number five of the high school football season. That is up next. I want to get your thoughts, too, via YouTube Live or if you want to hit me up at JMV1070 on Twitter as well. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, Facebook Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio. We are live at Taylor's Pub, too. This is a Bud Light Blue Friday where I want to see you up on the north side in Nora with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Taylor's Pub 2. We're at Nora today off of Westfield Boulevard on the north side. Bud Light Blue Friday. Somebody, if you're watching via YouTube Live, inside the lounge has just dropped in. Contestant, state your name. Uh-oh. There we go now. You, you would have known I was going to be here because I told you I was going to be here. I knew you and were. And then I heard you on the on the radio coming in. You're listing all the things that are coming up, and you didn't say me. So that makes me think no. you didn't believe I was going to show up. Well, I will tell you this. Normally, I have to eyeball it first. I have to see it because sometimes. But I'll usually say, hey, sometimes, not going to make it. And but then, but yeah. that doesn't protect me, though, because I still put it out there. Oh, and I'm it's sure nice that you give so me a, upset that if I don't show Would you show guys, up. okay, if you guys knew that you could sit and you stare at us. You publicize that. Uh, would you be disappointed? And I sent you a handsome photo of me and you and Blake from years ago yesterday. I did see that. No response. Uh, I did see that. Not a response. Well, you sent that because you sent one with Tucker Barnhart, too. Yeah, Tucker I was Barnhart looking for a story I'm working on. I was looking for some old pictures. And so I got through that time, you know, that time frame, and I'm like, oh, look, that's like six years ago, me, you, and Tucker at a remote. We don't look and any different. I think we both look really good, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, Hagan, hold tight from 59. He's with us. We'd love to see you. Chiefs Colts tickets to give away courtesy of Bud Light. Uh, also, 425 pints, $10 pitchers. While I'm here of Ice Cold Bud Light, I've got the bucket, so come on out and join us. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Every Friday is on this show, brought to you by the 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. Shout out to Ryan and Kevin and the gang that gave me the oil change today for the 295th thousand mile of the tundra. 295 right now, thanks to CarX and your 14 Central Indiana locations. Bob Lovell joins us. Bob, have you ever had a car, you ever had a vehicle that reached the 295,000 mile mark? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I mean, I had a couple that made it past 200,000, but not nearly 300,000. No, I've never had are that you imp- Are you impressed? You don't sound too impressed. 
Well, I mean, a, a man with your financial status ought to be able to buy a car now and then. So, I listen. Here's what I said. I said I am going to, um, I'm going to drive the wheels off of this thing. Right. And it's got ding. Right. It's got character dings on it. It's got some stuff that needs to be done. But I want to see how far I can take it by utilizing the normal type of maintenance. And that's where I am right now. Two ninety five. When you pull that off, are you expecting to get a, a national commercial gig from Toyota talking about? Probably not. No, no. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I'm a I'm an Andy Moore Buick GMC guy now. <laughs> so yes, there is no doubt. I love their great rides. But this was long ago when I was with Toyota. Is when I got the Tundra going all the way back to 2010. So. True story. Well, I, you know, you just keep it going. You can let Blake and Laney have it and take it up to about a half a million if they're lucky. 500K would be impressive, I think, yeah, if I would. get there. Yeah, it would be really yeah. impressive. Speaking of impressive, what you're looking at tonight as far as week number five of the high school football season, Bob, this bad boy is just flying by. It's flying by, and the weather, not to put a hex on anybody, the weather's great. I mean, it's been really nice. It's been nice weather every weekend, John. I mean, let's face it; it's been tre- it's been tremendous. Tonight is just another one of those wonderful nights. Brownsburg and Fishers, that's number one and number nine and six A. Pretty good stuff. I think a great battle: Hamilton Southeastern and Westfield. Uh, how about that one? That's uh, that's pretty solid. That's that is a great great matchup. Also, I love uh, Ron Colley and Garen Catholic. Mooresville and Decatur Central, a lot of tr- a lot of drama there because of Coach Gillen having gone to Decatur, coached at Decatur, and out at Mooresville, and then Cecina and Heritage Christian, just to name a few. So Bob Lovell brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. CarX.com for that location nearest you. Via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, you had mentioned Fishers, and that's a great matchup with Brownsburg. Fishers suffering their first loss of the season in OT in that Mudsock game last week, 28-27. Probably will be a bit fired up to try to gain some revenge against Brownsburg on behalf of what happened to them last week against Hamilton Southeastern. Well, I'm sure they are, but they're running into a Brownsburg team that's ranked number one for a reason. I mean, offensively, they are... Uh, they're explosive. Uh, they, they they can score anywhere on the field. Uh, it's hard to bounce back after an emotional loss to a big rival. I think we all understand that. And, but that's the nature of how good football is in central Indiana. There are a lot of good teams. You really don't have a chance to take a night off. But that's listen. That's a really that's a really really solid matchup without question. Hamilton Southeastern, by the way, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, going on the road, they play Westfield. The Rocks are three and one, Bob, on the season. They've done a great job, John. I mean, think about it. Played for a championship two straight years, lost a lot of guys, have come back, uh, and and really had. I think they lost their first game, have bounced back, have played well, seem to be getting better. Uh, this is a this is a great test. I don't think there's any question where you are. I think week five, John's always one of those barometer-type weekends to kind of give you a gauge of where you are midway through the season. And it won't be long before we're doing the pairing show. So, you know, this is, that's, a, that's one of a, a number of great games, though, coming up tonight. I know that, that things – you mentioned Mooresville, Bob, a little bit earlier. And, and things did not, you know, end well for them last year uh, in the postseason, certainly, because they didn't go as far as they ultimately wanted to go when the right, bar was right. set. 
Um, it, it does seem like just looking at talking to folks that, that watch them and then looking at these final scores, it, it looks like this team is laser focused this season because they're just rolling right now before this game against Decatur Central tonight. Well, you know, again, it's a big matchup, but I think one of the things that they've been able to do is they can score. They are a, an offensive-oriented kind of team, and they can put points on the board. Again, skilled guys uh, on the edge, great quarterback, those kinds of things. But more than anything, you know, they have a legendary coach in Mike Gillen, uh, and he's won, you know, 350 games plus for a reason. So, uh, it's an emotional night for Mike, obviously, but still, you know, it's a Decatur Central team. I think still in a situation where they're trying to find themselves. Uh, the start wasn't the one they thought it would be, but they, they have some really, really talented guys. The expectations were understandably high for them. So this is one of those games where you look at it and say, hey, if, we're, if we are going to be the kind of team we thought we could be, this is the kind of game we need to win. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, coming at you later on tonight. He's brought to you by talking about week five of the high school football season. Your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run Car X locations. I believe the game of the week coming up later on tonight brought to you by Car X. Ben Davis and Warren Central, correct, over on the east side. Ben Davis and Warren Central is always, you know, that, you talk about a matchup. That is um, that's traditionally two of the best teams in the state in High school football, Ben Davis getting better, Warren Central. Uh, you talk about explosive offenses, there's another one. And so this this could be a ball game, John. A lot of points scored in this game because these are two very capable offensive teams uh, have, have played well to get to this point. I think both teams capable of, of progressing uh, well into the tournament. And so, again, we'll find out a lot about what these two teams are about right now. He's Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by CarX. So what other things, both north, south, east, and west in the state of the Indiana, other other games you think you're going to be talking about later on tonight, Bob? Well, John, I, I think, you know, there are some really, really good matchups, obviously, all around the state. Uh, I think a, a great one up north is Lafayette, uh, West Lafayette and Rensselaer Central. That's always a great game. Uh, I, I think that when you stop and look at it, you know, Lafayette, West Lafayette is they're a team that can they can win the uh, 3A championship without question. So, I mean, that, that is a really, really strong matchup. You can appreciate, you know, uh, some really small uh, high school type games, those kind of smaller schools. Um, you know, Lutheran uh, playing a good Cascade team. Probably one of the, the one that's under radar. People don't understand Adam Central at, at Heritage. Uh, Adam Central has been in the top five in one A all year. Heritage is just getting better and better. Uh, and so, you know, the, the count Adams County is well represented because South Adams is number six, and they're playing number ten Monroe Central. So, if you're in, in Adams County, you're like in the epicenter of football right now. Nothing wrong with that. Well, Adams County is the epicenter of a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. It's not Green County, but it's, uh, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like Green. I mean, cow milking is probably 
It's up at, at the epicenter of cow milking. I mean, Green County is too, right? So, yeah. Everyone, that was John saying that, not me. Just, well, well, I mean, listen, Green County gets it worse. Everybody would say Green County is the epicenter of meth. <laughs> Again, that was John speaking, not me. <laughs> yeah, I'm from there, so I can say it. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. You have a fantastic night tonight and tomorrow night, and uh, bring it as you normally do, and we appreciate you having, having you on every Friday, courtesy of our friends Joe Childers and the gang at CarX. Thanks, John. It makes my week. Thanks so much for the call. You got it, buddy. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations. CarX.com to find it on the Indy. Uh, the uh, Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. There's Jay right there. Oh, yeah, you're on. You're on camera and on mic. Chris Hagan of Fox 59, everybody. Wow, that's, you know, I filled in for you one time at, in the studio. Yeah. And I did, like, the first segment. Then somebody texted me and said, hey, you know you're on camera right now. And I was like, uh-oh. I had no idea. You had no idea. Did you pick your nose or anything like I, that? That's the first thing I said. I was like, did I, did I pick my nose? And the answer was no, thank goodness. I'm assuming because you're here right now, you're not going to Jacksonville, correct? Not going. That'll be uh, Dave Griffiths making the trip for us. He'll be live on the sidelines in our award-winning pregame Blue Zone show on CBS4. All right, uh, I'm curious. I talked about just how important this game is. Can you make an argument that this is the biggest game of Frank Reich's career? Well, put it this way. They, they lost in Jacksonville last year, and Carson Wentz was gone. They tied in Houston, and Rodrigo Hot Rod was gone. Who's gone if they lose this week? I think somebody should be gone if they're 0-1-1 because, as we, we talked about. The head coach, you're saying? or some, I said somebody. Well, who? Maybe the equipment guy. Somebody's got to go. <laughs> I, I just know this. We looked at the schedule, and, you know, the coach speak. Those, well, every game's tough. It's it. they, we thought they were going to be 2-0. and We thought they were going to win two division games on the road and be set up for greatness and maybe be right. three and one coming out of the box. But now here you are rolling this boulder up here. I'll tell you, the people say, uh, you know, tie, they didn't lose. Here's what they lost. People who bet on them to cover the seven points lost. People who bet on them to win the game just money line didn't get that money. People who I know a lot of people who bet on them to win at least 10 games this year, the, you know, the overall yeah. win total, nine yeah. and a half. That's a big blow to that. Uh, you'd be alone in first place in the division right now if Hot Rod makes that kick. Um, it tells me a lot, too, about the faith they had in Hot Rod in that they ran some kind of gadget play on third down. Yeah. And Frank Frank told me that, hey, we're thinking maybe we pop that play, get 10 or 15 yards, maybe even get a touchdown. Well, they, they that was that feel, wide receiver drag, right, they, they with Michael yeah, Pittman they, Jr., and they ran that it worked earlier, earlier. It worked earlier. For big yards. So yeah. they, weren't trying, they weren't doing the old, hey, we're in field goal range, let's just run it up the gut. They were doing the – we need to get some – we need something to pop here. So the fact that you – I mean, and then on Monday night you see a guy – you see him trot out a guy, oh, we feel good from 64, and the Colts didn't feel good from 42. Yeah. I mean, you can find some high school kickers. We just heard from Bob Lowell. You can find some high school kickers in central Indiana that are going to go out there and, uh, you know, dr- drill it from 42 yards. And you can't – inside, you know, inside stadium, beautiful weather, just go out there and kick it and everybody wins. That, that was just a debacle. And from, you know, talking to uh, Mr. Ursay, he really wanted this game. When we had some interviews with him, he, he was trying to, like, I'm not going to make a big deal about this week one curse. They got to win this game. And a tie, I tell you what, to me, that, that felt like a losing locker room going in there. Just the, the way that, that the ad, attitude was, that that was a big, probably the worst tie you could ever come up with is when you think about what it could mean moving forward. That's Chris Hagan. Biggest game in the right career. You could certainly say that non-playoff game. What right? if they you can say that? 
when they were getting beat 20 to th- when they were down 20 to 3 and the Texans had the ball and I was like what if this goes 27 3 34 3 you get the same idea like if they were to go down there and I don't think this will happen but if they were to go down there and get embarrassed not only lose but get embarrassed yeah. I, I would I would say everything is on the table as far as what could happen I would agree with that I mean that that's the way I was talking about this a little bit earlier before I left the station and you know I'm thinking for that to happen like that, that scenario would have to be like 0-3-1, for example. But you bring up a great point. If it is 0-1-1 and, and they're both like that, let's just say, for example, like they have crap one, teams. They, crap they, teams. Crap, I mean, we're talking about five-win teams at the most. Yeah. yeah. Five-win teams at the most. Um, and you mentioned the next to go, the next finger will be pointed at the head coach. There's oh, nobody for, else to yeah, point without to. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Hank is going to be here. We're coming back on the other side. 239-107. If you guys want to jump on board, you can. Colts, Jaguars, and Jacksonville coming up on Sunday. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. If you guys want to watch, participate, I can see you. Hagan can see you as well. You can see us and watch, listen, and participate right here. Taylor's Pub 2. This is a Bud Light Blue Friday. The home opener is a week from Sunday against Kansas City. They get all sorts of time to rest and prepare. So that doesn't make it any easier. Another reason why this is huge coming up on Sunday. We have tickets for you as well, courtesy of Bud Light. Chiefs and Colts tickets. It's a Bud Light Blue Friday and Nora off of Westfield Boulevard. Taylor's Pub 2 with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. There's a kid in my class that got a boner at PE in high school. He was wearing sweatpants. It's really embarrassing, so this song goes out to him. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Taylor's Pub, we're at Nora off of Westfield Boulevard. Bud Light Blue Friday, Chiefs Colts tickets to give away. Chris Hagan of Fox 59 is here. Hello, Chris. Did you hear the promo coming back? Mississippi State, LSU. It's a big one right there. It's a huge one. We're going to win the national championship this year, I feel like. Clayton Anderson, the country singer, bottom of the hour. Don Fisher coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. John Price in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll tell you how you can get the JMV Takeover T-shirts. Jay, did you buy a JMV Takeover T-shirt yet? Come on, brother. We got to do that. Let's get Mike Wells on here right now from ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Go ahead, buddy. Can't you see how much I really love you? I'm going to change you time and time again. Oh, Casanova. That's a hell of a song right there, Mike Wells. I talked to, you know, for that five minutes, Karis Levert was here, Mike. I brought him on and we talked about this song. Oh, man. Hey, listen, hey, Karis LeVert is in heaven right now, man. He's got Spider-Man with him in Cleveland. Karis LeVert is living the life of luxury, man. Yeah, you know what? And now we're really going to see because when when he's been joined by others that are supposed to be able to play, he normally messes stuff up. You know what? It's only when he's been by himself when he hasn't messed stuff up. But we shall see. By the way, Chris Hagan is with us today at Taylor's Pub, Mike. Oh, man, my favorite, favorite two-foot-five ginger is up in the house. I, I get shorter I every it. time Wells cracks on me. Pretty soon I'm going to be just well, invisible. Well, I mean, that's what happens. You know how it is. You, you, you get, you get, when you get older, you get shorter, fatter, and bolder. <laughs> 
That's that's how it goes. <laughs> two, two out of three. I, I told I text Wells this, and I told him we're up in the press box. It's right before kickoff in Houston, and I go, "Hey, has anybody seen Wells?" And I got a good chuckle because he he's missed up there with his wise ass remarks. And I told him when they were getting thumped twenty to three, I'm like, "Man, I wish I could hear what Wells would be saying right now <laughs> in, this, in this press box." Oh man, listen. Hey, I know what I was doing. Actually, I was probably talking to JMV around kickoff last Sunday. Yeah. Talked, uh, talk, talking a little basketball and everything, and uh, I was I was I went down a yard house with Miss Layla and her friend uh, from Ron Collie Merrick, and uh, watching the game. And then I got home in the fourth quarter, and that's when they started playing a little bit of football, man. They started playing. They started playing a little better. Man, yeah, it did. The fourth quarter. It took the fourth quarter for them to get their heads out of their rear end. I I tell you, it was scary there for a while because outside of those those two drives in the first, you had football, Mike, last weekend that was reminiscent of the football that was played when you were still covering them in Jacksonville back in January. It was that bad. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. You know, people are like, well, they got back into the game. I mean, that, that's what you say at the uh, YMCA football level. They made it competitive in the fourth quarter, blah, 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 blah. But come on now. It's the Houston Texans. The Texans. Did, the Texans did everything they could to try to give the game away, and the and the coach still could not win the, the football game. So no, there's no there's no sympathy, and I'm getting a tie, and it's a tie in football. Who cares about it? who who cares? Hey Layla, I'm on the phone with JMB. Why are you yelling at me, <laughs> Layla? Layla, I'm on the phone with JMB. Stop yelling at me. What does Layla hey, want? A, I mean, Layla, listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm on the air with JMB. Can you please stop yelling? I'm telling you. Hey, Layla and Laney, you can have those two together, man. Man, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> That's great. I what I asked Chris this a little bit earlier and asked the uh, listeners too. I, you can make an argument that obviously postseason games are bigger, but. You can make a significant argument. This is the biggest game on Sunday in Frank Reich's career as head coach here. Agreed? Hey, you know what's funny? I was uh, golfing this morning up at Prairie View on Carmel. Shout out to Prairie View. And I made a mention of that to somebody. I said, uh, paper is simply the Jacksonville Jaguars. But if the Colts were to lose to the team that knocked them out of the playoffs last season, the team they haven't beaten in Jacksonville or England, since 2014 and the fall to 0-1 and 1, with the expectations behind the season, I don't know how Jim Mersey, who we know Jim Mersey, has no problem speaking his mind. I don't know how he stays silent. Forget waiting until they get back to Indy to meet in his office. I'm telling everybody to hold the plane, and we're having a conver- and we're having a conversation right after the game if, if, if they lose. If I'm Jim Mersey, so yeah, I'm in 100% agreement. This is the biggest non-playoff football game and Frank Wright's coaching, head coaching career. It's one thing, Wells, to say, well, they haven't won at Green Bay since 2014, or they haven't won, you know, at Kansas City, but it's Jacksonville. I mean, there have been some good Colts teams, some playoff Colts teams. I mean, Ryan Kelly joked and said, hey, there's no voodoo, there's no curse, there's none of that. But at some point you have to say, what, what's why, did, why can't they win in Jacksonville? I know one of those games was in London when we were over there for that uh, quote-unquote road game for the Colts, a home game for the Jags. But it, it's just inexplicable when you think about the run of, of bad luck they've had down there. 
No, no, come on, come on, Hank. We can't say bad luck. The the, the run of just bad football. You think about not only last <laughs> season, then you had the game in 2015 where they were on their way to just putting their foot on the throat of the Jaguars with Matt Hasselback as a starting quarterback, and then they had a late fumble in the first half, and it went downhill out there. Our good buddy Dwayne Allen uh, had to drop in London uh, on, on fourth down, I believe. That they're just, and then you know that they had Jacoby Brissett get his hair cracked in. Andrew Luck scored six points on there, so I can't call it bad luck, Higgs. I just call it so they basically knelt down and take a took a gigantic jump down in Jacksonville. <laughs> Hey, Gardner Minshew looked like an MVP candidate one of those games. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, they've just been a bad football team down there. So, yeah, it's not like they've had, you know, a bad call or something like that. They just, they have just stunk up the joint just like the city of Jacksonville. <laughs> they, they've missed, you know, they've had moments where they don't convert on fourth and yeah, I think it was a couple of years ago they had a fourth and short. Yeah. They could have gone up two scores. They try to go for it. doesn't work. You talk about drop passes. You talk about guys getting hurt and obviously different quarterbacks. Um, but it, it's on paper, all these games over the years just doesn't make sense. But none more shocking than last year when you go down there and play the absolute worst team in the league. And uh, win and in, win and in the playoffs, it's all right there for the taking and, and all's right with the world. Who knows? Uh, they, they get in the playoffs, win a couple games. Maybe uh, the, the old number two is still here instead of the new number two at QB. But it's – Oh, he was gone either way. Yeah, I think he was gone either he way. He was gone either way. But yeah, if they went gone. to the they AFC – They could have won by 50 and they were – If he they was went gone, to the yeah. AFC championship game, you think he's <laughs> Wentz is gone? I think he's gone, yeah. That's tough. I do. Well, it is. Tough call. Yeah, yeah I do. Hey, hey, hey Carson Wentz was not going to leave the Colts of the AFC championship game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he could have had the, the best offensive line – Walter Payton in the backfield, teamed up with Barry Sanders, with Jerry Rice and Randy Moss on the outside, and there was no way in hell Carson Wentz would have led that Colts team today if he came to me. So Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, Chris Hagan of Fox 59, I'm JMV. We're live at Taylor's Pub. Nora is a location on a Bud Light Blue Friday. I, it's, it's funny. They've tried so many different things, Mike, to, uh, I guess, change, you know, change the way they come out of the gate. And last year... You had Seattle. Last year you had the Rams. But this is the Texans. This is the Jaguars. And you look at how they played for the most part of three quarters a week ago, and then they ended up getting that tie. Had to make, uh, obviously, a change at kicker because Blankenship missed that 42-yarder. Potential uh, game-winning opportunity right there. I I, um, I don't know what uh, – well, I do know what can get worse, but – you think they can play off of that fourth quarter that they had when they finally came together? It took them a while, but they finally came together and played a little football. Is that something they can play off of? Well, they yeah, yes, they can. But my question is, all right, now Matt Ryan had a solid game yesterday with some bobble snaps. He you know had to pick stuff, but um, now when you know you got you got Pierce going to be out in a concussion protocol. You got Michael Pittman a little dinged up. Can you imagine if Michael Pittman cannot play? On Sunday, Jonathan Taylor has to carry the ball 50 times and rush for 300 yards for them to have a chance to win the football game if Michael Pittman can't play. Yeah, that was, you know, you talked about we, we didn't see uh, Jonathan Taylor in the preseason, but thir- 31 carries, four, 30, you know, 35 total touches. Yeah. And you talk about, hey, that you, you, that's not sustainable over the course of, of a 17-game season. They've got to find a way to spread it, right? And if, if Pittman's not there... 
that does put more of the onus back on JT, and I don't think you can live like that. No, you can't. I mean, listen, they will sit that the Jaguars will stack the box, stack the box, and just say, all right, Matt Ryan, yes, you're a talented quarterback, but who in the hell are you going to throw the football to that's going to beat, that, that, that is going to beat us? That, that's what, that will be the Jaguars' mentality, and that will put so much onus on the right arm of Matt Ryan and so much pressure. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead, Jay. You imagine, let's just let's, let's assume they, they lose the game, go 0-1-1. And then you got Patrick Mahomes who, you know, again, helped by Justin Herbert's late interception, you know, sit there looking like it doesn't matter that he doesn't have Tyreek Hill in the home opener. It's just it, it, this, the worst thing that could happen for the Colts is if they were to lose on Sunday. They were to lose on Sunday, all bets are off the table on how the season, season can go, in my opinion. Well, you think about that. I, Chris and I had this conversation. I mentioned this earlier this week. When people were asking me, there's no doubt that Frank is in the crosshairs right now, especially with the fans. And I thought at the time that, you know, for example, a real FUBAR start of 0-3-1 would, would have Jim Irsay be doing something that he hadn't done since Rick Venturi going all the way back to when you were still in grade school back in the day, Mike, in the early 90s. Um, or they haven't done you know, with an offensive coordinator like Pep Hamilton for a while. But you go down there, and much like he was embarrassed in January, you fall to 0-1-1 one, and one in an embarrassing fashion, knowing how much is riding on that game. Who knows what may happen next week? Oh, my goodness. It could be a wild time in the city of Indianapolis. So, with that said, of course, are yeah. you saying the Colts lose the game? I mean, are you, are you, okay, no, no, you know what? I'm sure I don't, I don't want to, I, see, I don't want the foo, I don't want the foobar, and I don't want it to seem like I'm, I'm cheering for the foobar here. I just go by, by expectations, and, and maybe this is more of a gauge, a test, Mike, of what, what we think we're going to see to what we're going to see. You know what I mean? Because we've often think, well, they, they have guys that are really good as starters, uh, depth is the issue, whatever. Maybe we're just all incredibly wrong about the level of this group. If they can't close the deal, step up knowing the consequences that could come to term if they lose this game. So maybe they're just not who most of the people think that they are when it comes down to it if they lose Sunday. Yeah. Okay. I, I think all three of us, please correct me. You guys, you two correct me if I'm wrong. But mm -hmm. I think all three of us are going to pick. No, I, I I already I, made I made my pick yesterday, yeah, so I, I went with the Colts. I, I think I think we all pick the win. But here here's the question: Let's let's take it a step further. Are you guys a hundred percent sure the Colts are going to win? No, no, no. I mean, you never are. You you never are, and certainly in Jacksonville, and certainly with watching Mike, you watch seven out of the last eight quarters of football from this team going back to January, most of which has just been unwatchable crapola. So, I, listen, I'm not suggesting there's a trend from January, but playing like that, especially in the second and the third quarters on Sunday, to me is inexcusable. And then you have to question a lot of things if that type of level of play, especially after that fourth quarter of positivity, right, if that type of play continues on Sunday. Yeah, no, I mean, again, so, yeah, if the Colts go down to Jacksonville and they win by, you know, three points, six points or whatever, and, and they're still – the continuing prolonging mistakes that they they had in week one against Houston, oh yeah, 
the question, the question marks are just fine. I think the question marks need to be there right now after what happened last week in Houston against the Texans. You can't sit here, and, and it's not all about Shaq Leonard not being on the football field. It, it, it goes deeper than that. I mean, you saw – I mean, they're, they're already rotating rotating players at left tackle. They're going to rotating guys at left tackle out there, uh, drop passes out there. It's just – it's way too many question marks for a team that has – high expectations to win the AFC South this year. Hey, Wells, a quick side note. The best part of my trip to Houston was I got to go to Bucky's and spend about $70. So that was legit. Um, what do you think about hey, the hey, fact wait, that... Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hey, did you get any beaver nuts, man? Uh, you know I did. <laughs> what are beaver nuts? <laughs> they're, they're, they're not called beaver nuts, but Wells and his family like to refer to them as beaver. They're beaver nuggets. Nugget. What are beaver like nuts? Little, like a little... It's a little uh, uh, sugary treat. It's almost like eating yeah. uh, some some breakfast cereal. Ah, have you ever been to a Bucky's, John? Never. Oh my gosh, you're missing out. Yeah. Uh, what if I, 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 I went out there and, and um, my my uh, Tay's out there calling them beaver nuts, man. After after seeing Hagen <laughs> Tone on a bike, and he's calling them beaver nuts. I'm like, dude, are you serious? You were definitely hey. a, you were definitely a middle school kid. And then Wells got the brisket sandwich, though he can testify to that. Let me ask you guys this. Doug Peterson's friendship and background with Frank, is that something that could get into Frank's head, or can Doug be in Frank's head as far as play calling and, and knowing what to expect, and could that help the Jaguars' scheme come Sunday? Put it like this. Carson Wentz and his relationship with Frank Reich then helped the Colts out last season. I don't think you look at, look at it from any kind of aspect of it. But a simple fact, I think the Jaguars, yes, they lost, to the Wentz-led Commanders in Week One, I think the Jaguars are—they are a—they are, uh, are an improved football team. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're gonna—you know—they're a threat in the AFC South, but they are gonna be improved because they have a mature—they have a mature head coach in Doug Peterson, a guy who's not hanging out in bars late at night and stuff after a loss. So um, it, it, it'll be—I think the. <laughs> why you got me laughing, man? <laughs> yeah. Er, the big herb. The big is herb. <laughs> is there a danger of – I was watching Nebraska football, and Nebraska's still living on the heyday, and they're just not Nebraska anymore. Is is it a problem where we keep expecting the Colts to win these games because the Colts are the last, you know, the late – the early 2000s, the Manning and Luck Colts, they just win these games. Are, are we – since we're in the bubble, are we starting to kid ourselves like all these Nebraska fans are thinking they're going to get back to the glory days and they're just not – well, it doesn't. It doesn't help when the owner is talking about multiple Lombardies and you know comments like that. That does not help out the talk. You know, I think I think it, it honestly puts more pressure on the France, you know, the players, the coaching staff, and the, and the general manager. When you got an owner who is very prideful. I mean, listen, Jim Irsay knows the game of football, but when he's making comments like that, I mean, it just puts so much pressure on the rest of the franchise. You can talk about it behind closed, you know, behind closed doors, but the put it out there in public to the media, that's what makes it tough, and, that, and that's what has fans, you know, yelling and screaming and wanting immediate success. You know, what's interesting, Mike, about this is we, I, I guess I'll take it from my standpoint, a lot of this stuff that certainly I've been talking about and have talked about, whether it was the, the kicking game before and the start of training camp, it's been the wide receiver forever. It's been, you know, the focus on – Positions um, of need that really 
in this era of the NFL aren't as important as Chris Ballard would view it. It is kind of interesting how all this ends up doubling back, whereas most, if not all the time, we've been right. That's what the most frightening factor is. The most frightening factor is, you know, right about the kicking game. You know, once again, you may find yourself in wide receiving purgatory already in week number two. I mean, all this stuff we have talked about over and over and over again needs to address. This is what you got to look at. You're rotating left tackles. All this stuff we've talked about seems to come to fruition. Are we just lucky or are we accurate? <laughs> no, I, you know, listen, I think we are 100% accurate on that because, I mean, it's not just this season. I mean, we've talked about stuff in the, in the past. I mean, you know, not having a backup quarterback. Things that have just come to the forefront. Uh, I mean, listen. I was, you know, hadn't even thought about working at IU as a full-time uh, professor when you and I were talking about question marks at wide receiver, the depth behind Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah. Who, uh, you know, who's going to play left tackle after Anthony Costanzo retired and it was clear that Fisher was not the same player that he once was. Questions there. Who's going to step up for Jack Doyle after he retired? It just, they continue to continue to stay there with the question marks and the answers are not coming, are not stepping up. We're not seeing any answers to those questions that I'm sure you have talked about nonstop since the end of last season. Hey, uh, I was I watched the fourth quarter of that game last night at the uh, sports book in Anderson, and I was kind of standing behind a pole, and nobody could see me. And who knows? They probably wouldn't recognize me anyway. But I heard some just casual fans talking, and it was not in a positive way about Frank Reich. So. It, that's to, to back to John's point about if they were to lose on Sunday, I, I think that's going to be even louder. But it, it's it's funny how so, how quickly the fan base has lost faith in, in Frank, who I think is a great guy, but still waiting to take that next step as far as being the head coach, it looks like. Well, a couple things. First of all, they didn't see you because nobody was looking down. And, and, and why were why you, you way up in Anderson, man? You're a West Side guy. Well, we like uh, Thursday's my Friday, so we like to go up there and, you know, play a little blackjack, play some craps, just hang out, and that's what we do. And then last night, it was fun because, you know, there's a there's a game still going on, Thursday Night Football. Oh, yeah, no, that, no that's not But, no, I, I, I think a lot of people are starting to view Frank Wright as a very nice guy with question marks on his play calling ability. I think that's what, you know, great guy, you know, one of those guys that says the right things. But people are questioning his ability to play call, to call plays. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> there's no doubt. But I guess when you look at it, they could change a lot of these tunes around if they were to go out there and do what people would like and certainly would expect them to do. It's just we haven't seen that example. And that's kind of what you're going on to actually see it. They I do mean, at some point have to prove it you, to you. You beat Jacksonville and then beat the Chiefs. All's right yeah. with the world. Everybody's no happy. Question. And, then, and they're making fun of us three coming out. Look at them. Look at them a-holes. <laughs> them a-holes were out here killing the Colts a couple weeks ago. Not yeah, they're making there. fun you know, of us anyway. Here, <laughs> sitting here at 2-0-1. Hey, hey, what's the deal with next Friday night, Jay? We, we kicking it with Jodeci and BBD? I'm trying. Where's Gino? DJ Gino, where is he? Where yeah, is he? I want to make sure you and I have a table for that. DJ Gino, all of a sudden, he ghosting us, man, as the kids like to say. I, I hadn't heard from him. I haven't heard from him. I'm, I'm waiting on it. I, me and you 
and Jodeci and BBD and the SOS band. I'm trying, man. DJ Gino, we're at you. We got to get there. We got to have a table. Hanging yeah, would go too. Where, man. You know, it's funny. It was when I was younger and uh, you'd see like Frankie Valley would be yeah. coming and everybody, like all my parents and friends being excited about Frankie Valley. I'd be like, you guys are old and stupid. And now we're doing the same thing with these bands. People think. Huh. Frankie Valley's coming the 22nd of September. <laughs> no, he's still going. <laughs> and then, uh, like, you know, new kids on the block are on tour, and so many of my uh, my uh, people that I grew up with are so excited about and posting stuff on social media. So it's funny how you, you turn in to, to your parents, and maybe you don't even realize it. Yeah, and by the way, did, hey, did you catch that? Did you just catch that, uh, Hagen? I don't know if you realize that. He didn't say, what? he said, me, you, DJ, DJ Gino. He didn't say, me, you, Hagen, DJ Gino. <laughs> I know, he kind of left me out. That's, I'm used oh, to that. Man. I'm used to that. Man. Well, I, hey, listen, I'm going to reach out to DJ Gino again. I think he's promoting this. So it shouldn't be yeah. that hard to try to try to get in there. and Because we got to be there. You know how disappointed I'm going to be if we're not there next Friday night? Bro, I'm going to be hot. I'm going to be hot. <laughs> we can't get up in there, man. So yeah, listen. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make. We'll make. Hopefully, we'll make it happen. Hagen, don't worry. We'll send you. We'll send you pictures, brother. Hey, right? I, I think. I think John is racially profiling me because the concert he took me to was Jimmy Buffett. Yes, I did. Hey, you know what? And I was in a bad mood, Mike, because I didn't smoke anything or nothing, right? So I was in a bad mood, and somebody hit me with one of those damn beach balls, and I took out my keys and popped it. Oh, man. I was, and somebody hey, said, hey, somebody get that. that guy some weed, would you? Come on. Good God. Listen, hey, you might take out your keys and try to pop something when uh, Big Booty and a Smile comes on next weekend, all right? <laughs> hey, I'm going to get up there. If, w- would you go up there? Could you Could you think you could do – could you go up on stage and do If It Isn't Love? And, like, we could play the role. We could be We could be like, you know, Johnny Gill and uh, Trez Vant, go up there with them. We could dance. They put us up, hey, they put, they put us on stage. I want to – I want everybody to have their cameras out, their phones out, and taking videos because I, I need to be on the Internet because I get on stage and gladly, gladly roll like that and stuff, man. So, yeah, DJ Gino, if you're listening, man, take care of J&B and I. <laughs> All right? All right. Hey, tell Layla we said hello. Have a great weekend. I'm sure I'll probably no, talk to you hey, before hey, the game hey, on listen, Sunday. I'm about, I'm, about, oh, I'm about to take Layla's phone. And last thing. I need to hit up a tailgate next Sunday before the uh, the Colts Chiefs game. So anybody who wants to uh, hook me up, let me know. I'll come celebrate. And we'll have a good time. Drink and eat. I think uh, I think we got a spot for you, buddy. I think All we right, got buddy, you covered. You good, hey, right. hey Hagen, have a great weekend, man. I'll talk to y'all later. All right, we'll see you, brother. It's uh, Mike Wells right there of ESPN Radio and the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I got to get to this tweet before we hit a break. Who's your hauler, Hagen? Says, ask Hagen if it's harder to get a lap dance when your feet don't reach the floor. Actually, they give you a discount because there's less area to cover. So, yeah, you get the half, you get the 50% off. <laughs> hey, did you see this injury report? Yeah. You saw Shaq Leonard's out? I did, yeah. yeah that's, I thought he was trending in the right direction. As Shaquille like Leonard's say. out. Alec Pierce is out. Kind of knew that that was going to happen in a concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not cleared that yet. Michael Pittman Jr. And then Kenny Moore both suffered injuries. They're questionable. Both suffered injuries. And I, I kind of want to get the details of that Wednesday practice. Yeah. Right? They didn't practice today. They didn't right. walk they, through today. They, up, they, yeah. went, they went heavy apparently on Wednesday. 
and very physical on Wednesday. And then they said they had a physical practice, albeit in a shell yesterday, well, well, and then the walk through today. But Kenny Moore and Michael Pittman Jr. ended up on the injury report as questionable by virtue of that Wednesday practice. And then you, you look at the uh, injury report for the Jaguars, no one on it. So you're going to have a fully healthy Jaguar squad on the home turf, and you got some key Jenga pieces you might be pulling out from that, that horseshoe on both sides of the ball. That's when you start thinking, ay, ay, ay. Desmond Patman, he should be active coming up on Sunday. So, I'm, I, listen, I think Michael Pittman Jr. is going to play. I think he is going to play. So I don't think you're going to have to worry about Ashton Doolin as wide receiver one and Paris Campbell as wide receiver two or vice versa there. But I think Michael Pittman Jr. will play. We'll see, but I think he will. I mean, can a, can a banged-up Colt squad, you still expect them to go down there and win, don't you? I mean, that's the expectation. And some of it's you just based a, on reputation. Mean, you you yeah. say, that, oh, this is the Colts, this is the Jaguars. But then you start thinking about how they played in week one for three quarters, and then you got some key injuries, yep. you, you start getting you start getting a little nervous if you're a Colts fan. Take it to 59, Taylor's Pub. We are in Nora, right off of Westfield Boulevard. Bud Light Blue Friday. Chiefs-Colts tickets to give away. Clayton Anderson on the other side. Don Fisher, top of the hour. We need to see you here. Taylor's Pub in Nora off of Westfield Boulevard with Bud Light on a Blue Friday with 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, don't leave. The Ride with JMV. JMV does not suck at all. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This sounds like a good friend, Clayton Anderson. Right here. Brand new Clayton Anderson live. We're in Nora. Bud Light Blue Friday. Chiefs Colts tickets to give away. Taylor's Pub. They're going to get ready to open up a new place. I'll tell you where coming up in a bit. But yes, indeed, along with me, it's Chris Hagan. I'm JMV. Thank you for joining us. Sounds like Clayton Anderson on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline has a new song. Is this true, Clayton? Oh, come on with it now. Just representing that Indiana like crazy up and down, up and down. I love it right there. That's well done. Thank you very much. You know, I've been wanting to write a song about Indiana for a long time, and then it's like, oh, you don't want to let anybody down. What if they hate it? What if they don't like it? So I just said, screw everybody else. I'm just going to write it for me. So I just wrote it, I just wrote it for myself. <laughs> I just how did you uh, how did you work in Olytic? Is that a tough lyric to get come come up with something that sounds oh, good man, with Olytic? Yeah, it's like you got to check him for ticks and then Olytic. <laughs> yeah, you got to really, you got to really, really pronounce it just right to get that thing. Ooh, to ooh, hey, once upon a time, <laughs> yeah. I forget ooh, who it was on Channel 13 called it Olytic. Yeah, Olytic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might be the worst pronunciation I've ever heard. <laughs> ooh, ooh, Lytic, everybody, you know, right, Judge? You know, it's a hillbilly, you know it's a hillbilly small town when you've got Olytic and all the Richies who are up on top of the hill, and, uh, and then you got all the poor people down the bottoms where my grandma grew up in East Olytic and the town together. Oh, you put them both together, and they probably ain't got 500 people. <laughs> I was always I was always just pissed because I never went yard outside of Dollins Elementary School on that baseball oh. diamond back in the day. I got one. My last game, my last little league game, I got one. I couldn't believe it. I think I, I think I cried all the way home holding that baseball. There's nothing. There's nothing cooler than hitting, having that home run ball. I'm sorry you didn't get one though, Jamie. No, I was only I was only in third grade. I didn't get one when I was nine. I played my <laughs> nine year old. I played my nine year old season with uh, Jerry Cheney. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that particular group, I think they were probably, I think they were a class of 85. I was a class of 88. I played yeah, with that Jerry, group. 
Yeah. Jerry Chaney, man, the, the guy, the, the classic, he was my eighth grade basketball coach. He, his classic line was, uh, excuses are like buttholes. Everybody's got one. Never, <laughs> never let it happen. Hey, I, I, just, I just saw Clayton last night. I was at the casino, like I said earlier, and uh, I, I'm looking at Instagram, and I see he's live. And so I go live to watch, and the next thing you know, Clayton's telling me to come on to the live. Oh, you got up on stage last night? No, no, it was on Instagram. Oh. Like, so I don't know how to do that, and he's, he explains to me. So then I didn't realize I was going to pop up, and not everybody was going to see me. So I felt stupid, Clayton, so I hope I didn't embarrass you. <laughs> not at all. I hope you won that money out there at the casino. I, I won some money, but it's, it's funny because the modern technology about how, you know, uh, I'm an Anderson. I don't know where you were, but next thing you know, my big old head's popping up next to yours. And uh, there I was. We were, I just saw him last night, John. Outstanding, Clayton Anderson. Hey, talk a little bit, too, about your new, your new single. Yeah, we, got to, we just dropped a whole new album today. It's called Made That's in the awesome. USA. I've been, I've been working on this thing since 2021. Some of the songs I've written three years ago, we got a new song that CMT premiered today. It's called Let Me Go, and it's like a movie. It's almost it's like a mini movie. I'm so, it's the coolest thing I've ever done. It's the coolest piece of piece of work I've ever done. You can check it out on our socials. We've got it plastered everywhere right now. But, it's man, it's, it, things are going good right now. We've just got to keep pushing. we got to get to – we got to get all them uh, – we just got to get everybody to keep talking about it like a cooler moment, you know. It's, it's just like those Netflix shows. you got to keep telling everybody which ones you like. So, hopefully uh, hopefully we can blow this thing up soon, get on XM Radio and take off because we've been visiting radio all summer long, all the big guys straight to the top. So, they say this is the one. We'll we'll figure it out if it is or not. We'll see where see, see if they put their mouth where the money is or whatever the hell that saying is. Well, Clayton, I think every song has been the one because you know I like the yeah. whole catalog. But I talked about how I saw you on Instagram last night. You really have, from the very start, embraced all the social media, all the platforms. How important is that in this day and age of music? Oh man, it's everything. It's it's where the kids are at. I I don't know how. I mean, it's crazy. We played this show with some dude I'd never even heard of, and he. He had to, he had a lot of people show up to see him just because he's on TikTok, you know. You just got to be – the world is at your fingertips, you know. You just got to get out there and blast it and blast it and blast it. I mean, I love I love when J&B is doing a tweet because I got my phone hit and my phone starts ringing go, uh-oh, J&B's talking about you. So it's, it's, I'll be, it's I'll be all over this about. thing right here. Let me go. That's a great That's a great song. I was big on Struggle Bus, too. Let me go oh, is yeah. legit right here. You know what's funny? I think we get this one. So let me go. The video for let me go. Uh, we I was out in Lake of the Ozarks. This is how silly I am. We're out in Lake of the Ozarks. We're, the whole drive there, we're interviewing. We're doing Zoom meetings. I felt like one of those. Thank God it was over Zoom so you wouldn't get in the habit of having to do those couch visits or whatever, you know, when you're interviewing girls for a part. So it was through Zoom. So that was thankful that that, that was that way. But um we, there's just no girls that were fitting the part. Not, they weren't hot enough. They weren't. They weren't. They just weren't fitting the role, and in my mind of what this girl needed to look like. And that night when we played at the bar, there was this cute little redhead, and I was like, "Hell, that girl should be in there. That girl's better than all the girls we just looked at today." And turns out, like she and we end up. I, she follows me the next day. I send her this message. I'm like, "Hey, this is so stupid. Would you want to be in a music video?" And it turns out she's a Dallas Cow, former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. And we just well, put a music video. Let uh, me tell you. You a, know, what a great line that's a good that is. Line. Son of a gun. Hey, hey would you like to be in my music video? 
my, my pickup line is, hey, you want to come to a bar and sit here with me and JMV? It just doesn't have the same feel to it. Well, and mine, mine back in 1992 was, hey, do you want to come back to where all, all seven guys are sleeping all over the place and hang out all night on the couch with me? <laughs> well, first of all, you ever, you ever seen Green County, darling? Have you ever seen Green County? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want you want you want to go you want to go make out on the hay bale, honey? What do you think? Well, the thing is, for Clayton, Clayton's a good-looking guy. He's never needed a pickup line. Yeah. So why does he have the good oh, ones? Like, that's we need incredible. All the help we can get over here. I Jeez. need I needed this, I needed the video pickup line back in the day. I had nothing, Clayton. I had zero. Oh, I tell you what, I'm telling you what, that guitar has it's helped my chances a lot. I'll tell you that. I, 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 I rode in on a chicken. I got chicken legs, ain't that big. And I'm telling you, it's, uh, it, it, it's, the guitar was a lot better than the basketball ever did me. I'll tell you that. The, uh, the lady swoon, for example, right up front there, the stage, if you're going to the Bluebird or something like that, the ladies are swooning. It's almost like oh. you're a stone carnival. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I learned from the best. I learned from the best. Morris County is best, I'm telling you. I love the people. You got a you got one of uh you got uh you got one of the best guys in the band that's your one of your biggest fans listens to every day. I'm telling you what. He, uh, I, he listens I to cannot I cannot think of uh Miss You by the Rolling Stones without hearing in my head their cover of that. I can't. Oh, yeah, they were great. They they did the yeah. Stones just as good as the Stones. Maybe well, better. I mean, yeah, the Miss You and Emotional Rescue. I can't listen to either song without thinking of them, ever. Yeah. They they were great. It it's their fault. They suckered me into getting it. They made me want to pick up the guitar and play. I wanted to be rock star. <laughs> they really truly did. This is uh, Clayton Anderson with us. All right, something brand new. The single is Let Me Go. The video is out. I'll retweet the video, but make sure people can get to the new album and all this great music. Yeah, wherever wherever you listen to your music, we are there. We are streaming. We are on. Um, if you're on Apple Music, we're there. Spotify, Pandora, uh, Amazon. Just, just type in Clayton Anderson and let that new Made in the USA album, Run Wild, man. Just let it go. All right, my man, Stanley Abel, says it sounds great. He's got hey. – hell, he's got you he's, – he's listening to you and not even to us anymore. Come on, man. <laughs> Stanley, what the heck? Come on, Stanley. Hey, keep me in mind when you want to come on and talk again so we can – we can build this thing up, man. It is awesome. Oh, I'm glad that you're Thanks. back with new material. And stay in touch, especially when you're going to be live at places, okay? I will do. Yeah, we uh, we got the Bluebird coming up next week. And then we got uh, the Colts home opener show, too. So we'll have to ah. – maybe, maybe maybe if you got time for me next week, we'll come on and yeah. pump up the home yes. opener show. Yeah, let's do it again next Friday. We'll, we'll pump up that home opening show before the Chiefs game with you, okay? Sounds good. Sounds good. Appreciate you guys. I love you and uh, can't wait to see y'all soon. See you, right Clayton. Back Clayton Anderson right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Yeah, his new album is out. Let Me Go is the single. He's got a new video to that filmed out in the Ozarks, um, and you'll like it. I'll retweet that coming up in a minute. Hagen, JMV, Taylor's Pub. We're on the north side at Nora. Bud Light. Blue Friday. Chiefs Colts tickets to give away the legendary voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, on the other side. This is 93.5, 107.5 The Fan.
The Ride with JMV. I want savages on the field. I want to lead the league in broken ribs. I want to put people in the hospital legally. No hitting in the head. I want them to cry and be scared to play us. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Oh, yes. This sounds like Bob Welch right here. The late, great Bob Welch in ebony eyes, Chris Hagan. He was a 70s superstar with uh, Fleetwood Mac. He did stuff and just his his songwriting and just great stuff. You go back and you forget how many great songs he had. This is a top five song from the decade of the 70s right here. Oh, no doubt. Ebony eyes, everybody. Shout out to Sean from Maggiano's who's here to watch the show. Here is Taylor's Pub, Nora. Off of Westfield Boulevard, Bud Light Blue Friday. Chiefs Colts tickets to give away coming up in just a bit. I want you guys here. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, we'll ask him if he thought that song was in his top five of the decade of the 70s, which he certainly loves. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is with us. What do you think about that song? Is that a top five in the decade of the 70s for you? I'm sorry. I missed the song. What song are we talking oh, about? Bob Welch and Ebony Eyes. No, it's not hey, my co- there. <laughs> oh, well. Wow. Well, go ahead, Chris. Hey, Don, before we jump into talking about the Hoosiers, I want to be uh, the latest of the several that have gave, given you props for the 50th season with, uh, with IU. It's just a, an amazing accomplishment. And just uh, I, I, I stand in awe of what you've done and how, how you're still on top of your game. So just congratulations. Well, that's really nice of me to say, Chris. I appreciate it greatly. And let's talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Don, well, I want to talk about Ebony wanna... Eyes. You just missed it. I can't believe that's Don, not Don, even... Don doesn't <laughs> want to talk about Ebony Eyes. He doesn't want to toot his own horn or pat himself on the back. Don wants to get down to the X's and O's right now. But, Don, just, just know that uh, so many people, you're, you're a part of the fabric of, of sports fans and certainly IU fans. In, uh, in Indiana, and it doesn't go without without notice. And so even though you don't want to talk about it, congratulations once again. <laughs> Bless you, son. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> to Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Hey, a couple of things. Got into gear last week, and hey, Don ran the football last week as well. Hopefully you're going to see some carryover against the Hilltoppers from that game last week. Well, that's exactly right. And we hope we see carryover for sure because uh, it's carryover from the second half. Let's put it that way. Because right, the first right. half was a little less than uh, was advertised. And certainly um, Idaho had something to do with that. They're a better team than we saw two years ago. But there's no question Indiana played poorly in the first half. And then they got it going in the second half. And a lot of it was because of the running game and, and the way the run game took off there where Sean Shivers finally showing himself and it was really good to see because the, that offensive line has been badgered and belittled and uh, criticized dramatically throughout this preseason, and it's been justified in the first ball game. But at least they got it going in the second contest, and the key is can they continue to improve it? And that's what we all hope to see tomorrow against Western Kentucky because I'm telling you something, Western Kentucky is a really good football team. And Indiana's going to have their hands full if they don't come out there and play some of their best football. You, you think about that is a program, and uh, full disclosure, I, I worked in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, before I came here covering the Hilltoppers. And from a distance now, I've watched how that program has is, is grown and, and moved up to the uh, upper division. And 
they, they put talent in the NFL uh, among those Jack Doyle here with the Colts. This isn't some program that you put on the schedule and say, hey, just go ahead and let's just have a cakewalk here and get a W. That's exactly right. They're a good program. Tyson Helton has elevated everything. His transfer portal ability to recruit to that area has been tremendous. They've got a bunch of new guys this year, even though they've got several of the guys that played last year and were so effective on that football team. They just have a good program, and that's that's essentially what you're talking about. This is a program that is just they've, they've risen up through the years. They, they, they take themselves seriously. They love their football at Western Kentucky, and uh, they've got, they had the best offense in the country last year statistically. I mean, literally the best. They averaged almost 50 points a game, ran up over 500 uh, yards of contest offensively, they're just good, and obviously Indiana coming into this matchup is going to have to be upgraded once again and have to go to play some of their best football because this team last year gave them all they could handle in Bowling Green, and I think they're just as good, if not as good or better, this year. Talking with Coach Allen before the season started about how last year certainly didn't go as planned, a preseason ranking and with high expectations, and the the culture he's built and the, the foundation that's in place, you, you don't want this to linger. What, what kind of a game is this to go back out there, get, get to 3-0 and as you get to the heart of the, the conference schedule and to say, yeah, l- last year was a little bit of a hiccup, but the foundation is in place where this is a kind of program we're going to be a winning program moving forward. Yeah, I think that's the key. I, I think, and Tom really tried uh, to establish that in his first four or five years at Indiana to develop a different culture, a different feel. And it looked like through the two years preceding last year that he had done that. Now, obviously, they had a great year the year before uh, COVID with an 8-4 season, uh, got to a bowl game. Uh, then they come back the next year. They go 6-2 and two in the COVID year. Uh, and granted, uh, some of that was because of the COVID year and some of the teams that Indiana played Penn State, uh, Wisconsin. Those teams weren't quite as good as they were the previous uh, seasons, but Indiana was able to take advantage of that situation, and they did so. Uh, But then last year, it just uh, fell flat on its face. It was just such a poor season in every respect. A lot of injuries on top of just poor play from a, a couple of really key guys. And when you looked at it, you went, oh, here we go again. Well, Tom doesn't feel that way about it. He feels like they've got a culture there. Uh, they've, they've established something. Last year is an anomaly. That's his, that's his terminology for it. And I honestly agree with him. I, I think that this Indiana football program is solid. I don't think it's great yet or anything like that, but I think it's very good. And I think a lot of the things that he did in the offseason with the changing and a lot of the coaching staff, uh, some of that – Maybe they, those guys left, but I think the handwriting was on the wall for some of those guys, too. I do think that this is a better coaching staff that they've got, even though they had to replace five different people. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if this team continues to evolve because I think they're capable of doing that. But right now, it's all about Western Kentucky tomorrow, being able to uh, play 40 or you know 60 minutes of football with an offensive attack that is consistent. The defense at this point, I think, is playing pretty well. A couple of mistakes last week really cost a couple of touchdowns late in the game when it looked like Indiana should blow them out and didn't quite get that done. 
But nevertheless, uh, I, I do think this is a good football team, but they've got to prove it on the field. And this game tomorrow, I think, is one of those that is critical in that vein. Well, like, like you said, Don, you, you don't you want to play a, a good 60 minutes of football. You don't want to be having to, to pull things out of the fire in the second half. But I, I think both those wins were, were growing experiences. And, and you realize if there is some adversity in a game, you know, the old cliche, you, you're never out of it. You can fight back in the second half. You can fight back in the fourth quarter. So I think that that builds that confidence. And as you said, last season, if you were to come out and started this season, you know, 0-1, 0-2, you start thinking, oh, here we go again. But I think the confidence level is, is back with this squad, and, and this game would only add to that. Yep, I, I think that's exactly right. And, and they haven't been on the road yet. They're playing at home. That gives them uh, even more confidence, I think. So, again, I think this is a big, big, big ball game for Indiana. I think a big game psychologically. I, I think it's really important for this football team to, to gain that confidence as they go through uh, this early part of the year. And let's face it, if they win that game, they're 3-0. and They've already got one game past what they were able to accomplish last year. <laughs> Uh, in the entire season, so I think it's big. I think it's big psychologically for this ball club. It's uh, IU Western Kentucky coming up tomorrow. That kick is at noon down in Bloomington, 11 a.m. Downstairs on 93 WIBC, and they'll have the uh, pregame show for you right there. Are you on your way to Columbus North? Actually, I'm. I'm on my way to Chattard to see Columbus North tonight. I am. My grandson, of course, as I told you guys last week, is. Yeah. Uh, co-captain on the team, and uh, they played Cathedral and got pounded pretty good by the Irish, but uh, I think this will be a different story tonight. I think they'll be very competitive with a good Columbus North ball club. Yes, yeah, for some reason I thought that that was down at Columbus North, but that's up here? No, it's actually at Chittard, yeah. Okay, all right. Yep, so I got to... I got to go to Ron Colley and get Blake later on tonight. And then uh, Jennings County tomorrow morning for me, Don, for a little cross-country meet at 6 o'clock in the morning. You want to be oh. there? Oh, yeah. I'm not doing uh, it, I but yeah, I'm not running. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I just can't make it, John. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not doing it. I'm the one, I'm the one that would cut through, cut through the woods back in the days of cross-country. I wouldn't run the course. I'm cutting through the woods on that. So, but no, seriously, it was good to see. Go ahead. I said, I trust me. I don't blame you. Cross country would not be my sport either. I hated running. (laughs) Yeah, no, well, me too. I I always viewed it as punishment, but for some reason, my kid digs it. So whatever to each his own, Don, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Is that because your wife was really a good runner and fast? No, I don't think either one of us could run. Well, she could run better than me. <laughs> I just, I, I never wanted to. I mean, hash mark to hash mark basketball-wise was cool. On the base paths, that was cool. But, yeah, as far as, you know, running long distances like that, because he does track long distance and then cross country, yeah, that wasn't a part of my program back in the day, Don. I can tell you that. Uh, anybody that runs like that or does the marathons and all that kind of stuff, I want to go, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> yeah, so, you are so right. Hey, did you, that uh, late start because of the weather, did that have any effect going back to Saturday night, you think, at all? I, I was going to bring that up a little bit earlier, and I'd forgotten about it until now. Did that have an effect at all, you think? 
you know, it, it might have, but, but look, it was the same for both teams. Both teams had to play in a downpour for the first half. Uh, you can't really use that as an excuse because it was, wasn't different for either. Both teams had the same problem. So I honestly believe that Indiana just didn't play very well in that contest. And, and look, uh, like I said before, Idaho's a much better team than they were the year before. I think it's a ball club that, that uh, has much improved with, in just one year's time with a new coach. Um, and they are very competitive, and they're going to be competitive and probably have a good chance to win their conference. So uh, I think it's just a better football team that Indiana played, and maybe Indiana was looking past them a little bit. If they were, that's a huge mistake. But I can tell you one thing. Tom Allen preached and belly ached all week long to his team that this was not the same team that they played the, le- the year before, and they apparently did not listen very well. <laughs> Yeah. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, again tomorrow, Western Kentucky and IU, that's a noon kick, 11 a.m. Your pregame coverage starts downstairs on 93 WIBC. Don is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Thanks, as always, for a Friday. Have a great call coming up tomorrow. We'll be listening, and we'll talk again next week and uh, lead into Cincinnati, I guess, next week, correct? Absolutely. We're looking forward to it. Tomorrow's a biggie, though. we got to get that one out of the way first, guys. You, you got it, buddy. Have a great time tonight watching Chittard and Columbus North. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. See you, you guys. Yeah, it's uh, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. For those fantasy owners and gamblers and people who just were watching last night, uh, Justin Herbert, we now know what, he, what he's ailing with. He has a fractured rib cartilage. Not, yeah. as, not as bad as a fractured bone, but still not ideal for your franchise quarterback. That means he, he heaved that uh, point spread covering touchdown with a fractured rib cartilage, and that's perhaps why he chucked that ball out of bounds <laughs> instead of continuing to take one more step when he could have converted that play. So that tells you what a gamer he is. You, you know, you've seen guys in the past, uh, a.k.a. Andrew Luck, who go out there and, and complete a game in, in a great deal of pain. And so just the latest example of how these these NFL quarterbacks are different people. Well, and for the Colts, by the way, in case you missed this a little bit earlier today, Alec Pierce did not clear concussion protocol, so he is not going to play coming up on Sunday. Shaquille Leonard, according to Frank Reich, is not ready to go for Sunday as well, so he'll miss his second consecutive game at the start of this season. And then you have a couple of question marks, and those question marks started back on Wednesday during what was described as a very physical practice. Now, give a little background to this. They did not practice today. They did a walkthrough, but no practice like as they normally would do. And it's very out of the ordinary. They didn't do it today because of the physical nature of the Wednesday practice. And they, they kind of said the physical taxing nature of the practice they had in Shell's yesterday but go back to wednesday michael pittman jr said he felt something um injury wise he is listed as questionable that happened in that practice on wednesday and apparently kenny moore also had an injury situation in that practice on wednesday he is also listed as questionable uh, to me i think michael pittman jr gives it a go i'd also be surprised if kenny moore doesn't as well on sunday but two injuries that we saw coming away from that physical practice back on Wednesday. Well, let's face it. We've seen guys get hurt in non-contact drills and warm-ups yeah. and just, it, it's, you know, it's sports. You can get hurt. You practice, pads, whatever, it's, it's going to happen. So I don't think you can put too much into that, like, and say, well, what kind of, what kind of practice was it? You know, that, that's, that's just part of the game. 
Well, I mean, I think anybody out there would suggest, you know, after that effort with only the fourth quarter being something you can look back on and smile about, I guess, if you want to smile after a tie. But that was basically it, that maybe these guys, I, I talk about all the time, somebody seems like maybe the voice needs to be a little bit stronger, maybe a little bit more outspoken, maybe a little bit more open, because these guys have still yet to really respond well, to it, what Frank's been preaching, and well, that's been a detriment to this team. Well, when I went into the locker room Sunday in Houston and we interviewed uh, Hot Rod, I, I, I commented to some of my colleagues afterwards, like, I, I want to see him, like, throwing his chair across the room or breaking his hand because he punched the locker room. He just kind of got dressed and turned around and said, well, yeah, you know, uh, you get opportunities and uh, counted on me. And where is that emotion from? Where is that, like, this means the world to me, which I know it doesn't, but you, the fan base and idiots like us want it to get that indication that it matters as much as it does to the fans, to them, and that, you know, he, he kind of seemed matter-of-fact about it, and that's, maybe that's just his personality, but you want it to mean something, and you want it to be like, yeah, we're sick and tired of getting our asses kicked on the road against Jacksonville. You know, and that's, maybe the mentality has to be, you know, don't focus on that because it can get inside your head a little bit. But, yeah, it is, it is interesting, as you said, when I heard earlier. I think about it from this standpoint, and I mentioned this regarding Shaquille Leonard's comments yesterday of, you know, all the talk is about Jacksonville. And, and to paraphrase, talking about Jacksonville being just kind of, you know, week two, just another game. And to me, I would love to hear these guys. I'll give you a great example. I love hearing Jonathan Taylor saying, this is a big deal. We remember what happened last year. Because it wasn't just a loss. It wasn't just they were bounced from the postseason. But the Jacksonville team, they were laughing. They were clowning. They were having enjoyment <laughs> at the expense of the Colts. And those guys on this Colts team that are still with them, to me, should carry a little bit of anger and a chip on the shoulder. And I think the fan base here would love to see something like that. And in fact, a guy like Shaquille Leonard is where he is at this competitive level because of his talent, athleticism, and because that chip on the shoulder. We see it all the time in social media from him. So I don't know why that wouldn't transfer well to just saying, you know what? We're sick and tired of this. We're going to put an end to it. I know you don't want to call your shot. But at the same time, I think the fan base would love to hear a little bit more of an inspiration about the meaningfulness of this game than us just talking about it. Also, your head coach, knowing what the situation is for him and how if you come out of this thing 0-1-1, how detrimental this is for him well, moving forward with Kansas City and Tennessee on the horizon. I think you have to go into it thinking you don't want to say, like, this is the must win into the season if we lose because if you go down there and lose and you're 0-1-1 you don't want the team to feel like oh well now we're cooked because coach said we have to win this or else so I, I can understand that aspect of it but it, there is a fine line about having the urgency in your voice and in your message against yeah let's not blow it out of proportion yeah. you've seen this team start 0-1 0-2 before and still go on to make the playoffs I just I think it's past time to hear something I think they need that. We haven't seen that. Are you talking about a Bull Durham moment where he um, says, scare him? Yeah. And he goes in there and he throws yeah. all the bats in the shower and he goes crazy. Well, I mean, Frank's he, never going to do yeah, that. Yeah, He's never going to do something like that. Did you watch but. that? Um, the, what's the guy's name? He's the head basketball coach at Arizona now. Um, he was uh, an assistant. No, forever it was uh, Tommy. Tommy. Yes. Yeah. 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 The, I, did you? They had a, yeah. a it's kind of like hard knocks, but it was on right. Showtime and they followed Gonzaga 
throughout the season. And Mark Few's kind of a quiet guy. And the Tommy guy, he was the drop-the-hammer guy. He was dropping the F-bombs and yelling at the players. He, he was that guy. So maybe Frank doesn't have to be the guy. Tommy Lloyd, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but yeah. you need a guy who's going to go in there and be the, you know, scare him. You know, go in there and, like, you know, make him know. And maybe that trickles down from there. But, you know, from the top to the bottom, the message is, hey, you know, what, we're going to go 1-0. We're going to get 1% better. We're going to go. And then, you know, the, the message is not we're going to go 0-0-1 this week. The message needs to be 1-0, and it needs to be carried through. It just hasn't seemed that there's been much of a positive reaction with the one percent better routine and all that and i think people are looking for a little bit something more because at this point this looks like a lot of what we saw a year ago that most people got tired of watching at times. Well, pe- people got got down on uh, pagano because he had his little cliches yeah. he would say yeah and the cliches are fine if you're winning divisions and winning games but the cliches kind of get old quick if you're if you're losing to Jacksonville for you know an eighth time in a row on the road, Chris Hagan of Fox 59 is with us. We're live at Taylor's Pub. We're in Nora off of Westfield Boulevard. We got your opportunity to win if you want. I think they're playing a football game out back here. Chiefs and Colts tickets. We're giving away a pair of Chiefs and Colts tickets. Go to see a Bud Light on a Blue Friday as well. We'd love to see you here. Great food and ice cold Bud Light. They also are going to be opening up a new location. Taylor's Bar and Table in Ingalls, Indiana. So Ingalls is off of I-69. If, for example, you're on your way to Anderson, they are officially opening up a new location, Taylor's Bar and Table in Ingalls. That is South State Road 13 in Ingalls, Indiana. Tonight is the opening night, 6 p.m. until midnight. If you're up and around Ingalls, Lapel. Pendleton, that area, and you drop in, make sure that they know that we sent you. It is the grand opening of Taylor's Bar and Table in Ingalls, Indiana. That is coming up later on tonight. John Price is going to join us. Chris Hagan rejoins us, and we'll close out this show live from Taylor's Pub coming up at the top of the hour and get you to Colts Happy Hour right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Ride with JMV. Thank you for your support. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you very much, everybody that's watching. Me, Chris Hagen right here. We're in Nora off of Westfield Boulevard at Taylor's Pub and Grill. Bud Light Blue Friday. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Cam's the on-site engineer. Kyle's back at the studio. Sianna's doing the promotions out here as they're having the football throwing contest. We also are just going to randomly giving away a pair of Chiefs-Colts tickets that's coming up a little bit later on in the show. Colts happy hour, top of the hour. It is an hour's worth of Colts information. No Alec Pierce, no Shaquille Leonard on Sunday. Kenny Moore, DeForest Buckner, Michael Pittman Jr. all questionable. And expect Desmond Patman to be active coming up on Sunday. And they have yet to decide Chris Hagan on a kicker. I'm assuming it's going to be McLaughlin. You would think so. I mean, you're not going to pull out some dude that's never kicked before right down there? Well, yeah, they had uh, they um, Haversick. Is that how you say it? Yeah. They had him in camp uh, earlier, you know, in training camp. So he's not uh, foreign to them. But, yeah, I think you go with a guy that's got NFL experience. And I think... Who was 40% between I, 40 and 49 I, I, last I, year. I think he's, solid. he's played in like uh, for like 10 different teams or something crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's why you sign both of them. You, you give them a look, and you're hoping it doesn't come down to a crucial kick that you need to have to beat the, uh, the Jags. 
What'd you make of the Jaguars in week number one? We were talking to a couple of different guys this week, and you know, Christian Kirk was the guy that got off to a good start. He was a highly questioned free agent signing by them, kind of set the market really high as it has been for wide receivers. And you know, you had um, uh, Etienne, you had uh, Robinson, both playing. Robinson had a really good afternoon in Washington, coming up short, but showed that they can play a little bit of offense, which is the expectation, I guess, the Colts see on Sunday. Yeah, and when you when you get a stud quarterback out of college, you start building around him. So that's what you try to go do, and you try to say, we're we're going to put some points on the board and, and try to go out there and and outscore people. Oh my lord, you got this, this is the best part of the show, John. I know it's good radio, but this lady's chucking the football here, trying to win some. Is uh, it good? Yeah, I think you know the Jags are better, but they're still yeah. a team the Colts should beat. Uh, joining us now via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from SportsInformationTraders.com at eight six six four four one. 2711. Our friend John Price is on the show right now. John, good afternoon. How are you? It sounds like I'm missing some great activity where you are, huh? There's a lot of activity where we are right now. <laughs> no doubt. There's well, activity and there's there's some weirdness here because this, um, you know, week two is easily said, John, is, hey, the long season, but there, um, there's some stuff going on with this Colts matchup down in Jacksonville. They haven't won there since 2014. We saw how the Jaguars did them at the year end back in January. They tie in week one in Houston, which is not at all ideal. There's just a lot of stuff floating around here right now as far as this Colts team. Oh, yeah, there is. We're going to break the game down in, in a little bit. But, I, yeah, I got to tell you, it I think people should not overreact to one week of football. I know it happens because, you know, there's less preseason games now, so we only see teams come up for three practice games, and we don't see the Stars play a lot. And then all of a sudden when the games count, you know, you see a game like Dallas and Tampa, and everybody thinks Dallas at home, glitz, glamour, healthy, going for it. Tom Brady maybe having marital problems, disconnected, and Tampa Bay just goes and rolls Dallas in the process like there's just so much that happened in week number one and uh, you know what's really important from a wagering standpoint is that you can look and you can digest what happened in week one but you cannot relate it to week two so what the Colts went through with the Texans has absolutely no bearing on how they match up with the Jaguars and I'll get to that matchup here in a minute but I want to let people know that there is college football tonight and we have a private play tonight we got a lot of private plays coming between now and the Super Bowl, and we want everyone in Indianapolis who's interested in wagering, and there are many of you out there listening to me right now, you have a chance to sign up for our season. From now through the Super Bowl, you'll get 40% off. Your first play is tonight. Your last play is Super Bowl Sunday. And in between, you'll work with one of my analysts. We'll manage you through 100 plays of college and NFL football. Everybody's wagering. Here's the difference, though. Most of you are wagering on your own, which means you're not really sure what you're betting on, and you're probably betting too much. So let us show you the games to be on and the amounts to play. Very important. This is how you sustain the investment and you make it work. Go to our website, sportsinformationtraders.com. Again, it's sportsinformationtraders.com. And today, get 40% off on the rest of the season. Now to the Super Bowl. First play tonight. There's college football tonight. When you think about, as you said, obviously, 
I, gamblers and TV viewers love the fact that we have games almost every night of the week, and it's, I love the, the Friday night college football games as well. You talk about overreacting as a fan or like as, as watching the market. We were talking earlier before you joined us about how 11 of the 16 NFL games went under in week one, and then we start off with a, a narrow under last night. Is, is that something you think that's normal when you think about the first couple of weeks of an NFL season where teams didn't play everybody in the preseason and, and they tend to uh, go, go under early, or is that an anomaly, you think? I think uh, last week when we came on your show, I broke down the game, and I did call for the under. And I think one of the things that I specify that I truly believe is that Week one, I believe defenses are ahead of offenses, especially when you see changings of the guard, you know, like with the Indianapolis Colts. You, you know, Wentz is out, Matt Ryan is in. And, uh, and so I, I, I really believe, and you saw it last week, I mean, it was sort of a struggle early on in the game, kind of a lazy, low-scoring game. And then, the, you know, the, the Colts get back in it, and then both teams kind of struggle. And, and, and I think you kind of see that, you know, it's, these teams are built to score a lot of points, but early on the defenses are always a little bit ahead of the offenses. I'm not overly surprised. And we did get some feedback giving out the under uh, last week, which is great. And uh, you want me to go into the Colts Jaguars game? I'm sure everybody's well, I'm going to give out. I want to make sure everybody has your number again, John, 866-441-2711. That's sportsinformationtraders.com. This is John Price, and of course, I think we're all kind of sitting around and wondering. There are a lot of dynamics working in this Jacksonville game. A couple I mentioned, John, a little bit earlier, and then you got some injury concerns also factoring in. What are your thoughts sitting here right now about the Colts in Week 2 in Jacksonville Sunday? Well, the line opened at Colts minus five, and it's now Colts minus three and a half. So that tells you that the public money lean is on the hometown Jaguars. And, uh, you know, that's just it's a reaction. I mean, the Jaguars uh, played spirited last week. They were down. They came back. Let's talk about the Colts, though. You know, we know they need to play better right from the start. You can't put yourself behind against a mediocre team like Houston. And fortunately, they came back. They made some plays. Uh, they were dominant in the fourth quarter. They only gave up 12 yards in the fourth quarter to Houston and erased that 17-point lead. When I came on your show last week, I said that for the Colts to be successful, they've got to be able to run the football very well. Last year, in the first four weeks of the season, they did not. Last week, Jonathan Taylor, 161 yards and a touchdown. That's beautiful because that right there lessens the pressure that Matt Ryan has to get acclimated with his offense. This week, I think they'll have success, and, uh, and they're going to play a Jacksonville team which uh, had an interesting game of their own. Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good last week against Washington. They were down 14-3. to They kind of looked like the same old Jaguars. You blinked, and they were suddenly up 22-14, to and they didn't get much of a running game going either, but their defense played much, much better. Now they're home. I think they, they're starting to sort of blossom a little bit. Um, I don't know that necessarily – the Jaguars are thinking, hey, you know, we have the Colts numbers. I think this is what fans talk about. The players themselves know that it's really about talent and execution. And with this particular game, here's what I think, and I want people to understand how I'm laying this out. I think this is going to be a close football game. In the end, 17-16, could be 28-27. I'm not looking at the total here because these two teams are really going to try to dictate their own pace. But three and a half points. I think I want, I want those points in my pocket when I'm sniffing out a close game. So my play here 
is to take the Jaguars plus three and a half over the Colts. Now, let me say this on the back end for people that don't know what that means. The, the Colts could easily win this game by one, two, or three points, and I, I think they're the better team. But I think in terms of wagering, you're not looking necessarily for who's going to win the game. You're looking for who's going to cover. And I think the value here is taking points in what I think is going to be a close game. So take the Jaguars plus three and a half over the Colts. Everybody's going to be watching that game. I hope, you know, for everybody listening that the Colts win and, and keep it rolling, get to one zero and one But we are going to be on some very big plays this weekend. We're going to be on a big one tonight, literally in a few hours. Give us a call, 866-441-2711, or go to sportsinformationtraders.com. We have 100 plays. Number one is tonight, and we're going to give it to you for 40% off. Now, through the Super Bowl. So when you sign up, you call in and you sign up. One of my analysts will be working with you from now to the Super Bowl, and you do not have to do this alone. You're going to have people working in your office who are betting on their own. You're going to come across friends, classmates, whatever, who are betting on their own and their bankrolls are going down because they have no control. They lose a couple games on Sunday and suddenly they're trying to win it all back Sunday night and then they wake up Monday morning really uncomfortable. You need somebody in your corner. I mean, you're going to buy a house alone? No. So don't do this alone. Let us help you. Go to sportsinformationtraders.com. We're the experts in this area, and we'll help you win 40% off on the entire season beginning right now. Go to our website, and let's get going. Let's get started with tonight's game. That is John Price, 866-441-2711, sportsinformationtraders.com. John, thank you as always. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk at you again next Friday. Everything's still crazy at the bar? Is everything simmered down a little bit? It uh, is still, it is very crowded. <laughs> and as you would expect, a Friday, everybody getting off the work after 5 o'clock type of deal. We rejoice in this, John. We really do. We thrive hey, in this area. Work, everybody's working hard. You deserve whatever beverage <laughs> is in front of you, all of you. So enjoy yourself. No doubt. No doubt. Thanks, John. Thank you. It's John Price on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Stand up and check out this guy chucking the football. All right, I'm going to stand up. You, you guys on the, the YouTube live are going to see. You got to see the shirt. My ass right see here. The shirt he's All right, hold check on. him out. Oh, the, oh, I got to get a shot of this. this That's guy. a JMB suck shirt out there. He's yeah. got some type of fanny pack phone carrier. Look at that. Yeah, he's chucking them. I wish he'd hit you in the face with that. <laughs> he's had a couple awesome. of cocktails. <laughs> he's about to fall over that, when he threw right. that right there. People, I know people love listening to you all week long, but you got to come out to the remote. Man, oh man, this, it's a it's so much more to the JMV experience, especially you guys inside the lounge via YouTube live, because you can also come out here and then go ahead and crank it up inside the lounge while you're here. It's like mean, we're doing right now. As as uh, Van Hagar once said, it's the best of both worlds. Well, he did, didn't he? They did, didn't they? He cranked the, the, the pipes he had. The best of the both best worlds. Of both worlds. Matt Taylor and I used to argue about. David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar. There's no doubt David Lee Roth in his prime was much better, but I probably did not give Hagar enough credit for cranking out some good tunes with Van Halen back yeah. in the late, the you late know, they, 1980s. They, they had way more, I mean, people say they sold out. They had way more top 40 hits yeah. with Sammy than they ever had with uh, David. I think that that would have happened anyway because that was all created by 1984. Yeah. And that was still with David Lee Roth. They would have still cranked out. Top 40 hits, even with David Lee Roth. You think about the, like, 
you know, the, the geniuses are, are like Bruce Springsteen's career so long because his voice was always just kind of deep. And But a guy like David Lee Roth, who's relying on those pipes like that, you knew that was going to be an Axl Rose. The, the, you couldn't just sustain that with, with those, you know, the vocal range they had. That wasn't going to be that way forever. So it, it is, they live in that moment. You want to hear the recordings of Van Halen 1 and Van Halen 2. That those, to me, those are the premier releases from them. Hang and me on the other side. We'll get you to Colts Happy Hour coming up at the top of the hour. Taylor's Pub. We're in Nora on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Somebody's going to win some Chiefs Colts tickets here. This reminder, Buffalo Wild Wings on Monday, Chris Hagan in Speedway with oh, nice. Bud Light. It's a Blue Monday in Speedway at Buffalo Wild Wings. On Monday, we'll also have Chiefs Colts tickets for you there. That's in Speedway on Monday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Quick break. We'll return. Hagen and I back to Taylor's Pub on a Bud Light Blue Friday. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Are you kidding? You think I'd join this crummy snobatorium? But this whole place sucks. That's right. It sucks. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Frankie Valley, everybody. Number nine at 239-1070. Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons invade. Invade the Murald National invade. Center. We're going to invade. Pitchforks. Did you, uh, <laughs> yeah. did you see? That's uh, coming up on the 22nd. Tickets right see, now uh, for you. Jersey Boys? No. Great show. Great show. You like Frankie Valley? I, I, I mean, you like I the like, song? I like the Is show he saying better. right here, my eyes adore you, though I've never laid a hand on you? Is that what he said? You were a million miles. I mean, I think it's a nice song about stalking somebody that's like a hot yeah. chick. I think it's a pretty good, pretty good message. It's not as stalkerish as Into the Night by Betty Mardonis. No, that was more of She's a... She's just 16 years old. Leave her alone, they say. That was adore. more of a felony type song yeah. than a stalking song. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. So was 17. She's only By 17. Winger. Kip Winger. If you go back and listen to songs and, and watch movies we grew up with, a lot of them, like you watch them now, you're yeah. like, oh, no, because you, you, the, the times have changed. Hey, let me give you a music-playing dilemma that I have. We're back at Taylor's Pub here on the north side, Nora, Westfield Boulevard, Bud Light Blue Friday, Chiefs Colts tickets to give away coming up. Uh, Colts happy hour, top of the hour. Um, all right, I play Benny Mardonis and End of the Night and don't think twice about it, yet... I don't play, and I haven't played 17 by Winger. I would probably also play Sexy in 17, My Little Rock and Roll Queen by Stray Cats, and not bat an eye about that. So why, why is Winger and 17 different than the other two underage, really awkward-sounding songs? Because Winger says she's only 17 about 35 times in the yeah. song. Kind of like a Rock the Cradle of Love by uh, Billy Idol in that video. Yeah. Makes right. you feel kind of dirty now. You watch that video, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> I, that's, that, that's my, I can't stand that Billy Idol song. I never did like Cradle of Love. Did you never. like Billy Idol, though? I'd love oh, Billy he's Idol. Awesome. Love Billy I saw Idol. him when I was in ninth grade on the Rebel Yell Tour. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, when I was working in, uh, we saw you throwing the football out there. <laughs> he's going back. <laughs> yeah, get back in there, man. <laughs> uh, I, I hope we've. 
I hope we haven't seen his best yet because that was bad. Yeah, it, it is funny, like, how songs, like that song when I was in uh, kindergarten, that song Afternoon Delight was, like, my favorite song. Yeah. And now you get had no like, idea what I meant. <laughs> I thought it was about ice cream. I didn't I know. I thought it was, like, soap operas. <laughs> gonna find my baby, gonna hold. They were talking about having sex. In the afternoon. Come on, a little now. afternoon delight. A little afternoon sexing going on there. So, yeah. Anyway, well, I was we, just, that was my dilemma on underage songs right there. Is this show over in nine minutes? You probably, thankfully gonna, to Are we going to give our picks? Do you want my pick? I do. We'll start with you, and I already gave mine yesterday with our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. I will say this regarding our Colts picks, Hagan. I view this more as if they don't, this is going to be such a stinking mess next week. I don't care if they did tie last week. I don't care if it wasn't a loss. Zero one and one in these first two games would be viewed as completely unacceptable, and that's not just me, the hack afternoon radio host talking. Right. I mean, you're, this is this is exactly how the owner is going to feel, and I just I it would it would suck to see them put themselves in that situation after what they went through uh, that long off season last year after that embarrassment in Jacksonville. I just I I find it hard to believe. That they will, but without, you know, any success since 2014 against Jacksonville on the road there or in London. And then the way that they've just played in basically seven out of the last eight quarters, that leaves me to think about it a little bit, a little bit harder. I just can't imagine it because that, that's going to send us all into a spiral on Monday morning if they lose that on Sunday. I mean, and think about the big picture. If, 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 they, if they drop this one and then they... You have the Chiefs with 10 days rest. Yeah. If they drop this one and you're looking at 0-2 and 1, right, facing the Titans, and you're like, that that would be the season on the line. Uh, you got to win this game. I know we just we just heard from the expert who says take the uh, Jags plus the points. Right now it's sitting at Colts favored by three, and by hook or by crook, I got to believe the Colts find a way to win. I'm going to say the Colts win, 20 to 17. Kyle, make your pick back there. I'm going with the Colts. I think it is. I'm pretty close to Hagen there. I, I pick 21-17. If the Colts lose but, this one, Kyle, I'm not picking the Colts are, to win the rest of the season. Are we thinking more because you can't imagine if they lose or because you believe that they're going to win, though? I believe they're going to win. I believe Matt Ryan is a crafty veteran. He'll find a way to go win down there. Kyle? I agree. Yeah, and I think no matter what they're saying publicly, that game last January has to motivate them, right? I Hope so. All right. Taylor's <laughs> probably hope so for their sake. Taylor's Bob and Nora, we continue on with Colts Happy Hour next. What a great show today. Uh, YouTube Live, you guys have been fantastic all week. Love you guys, too. We'll come back on the other side, give you some Colts Happy Hour. Get you, my man, good to see you. Get you updated on everything next. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Don't leave. I'm back with you coming up.